0: And welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove, and I'm joined by a man who's here to talk about Group E. There we are. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello.
1: So you wouldn't say A, but you would say boot. I like yes, it. Yes. I like, it. A I like boot. it. It's the diplomatic choice. I
0: learned it from South Park the movie. <laughs> Perfect. That's all I know about Canada. I,
1: I do appreciate that you're fully dressed as a Canadian Mountie in preparation for today's show. That's yeah. kind of you. It
0: was an expensive choice. <laughs>
1: You're like, I'm not going to do any research. This isn't yeah. even the team I'm previewing, but I still want to spend a bunch of money and come and cost it. I'll tell you what,
0: the, hat, the horse did not want to go in the elevator.
1: <laughs> Neither does my dog. My dog, <laughs> by the way, you owe it to yourself to take a dog in an elevator because it really does react like magic. Like, this is not what the doors were when they closed before. Did they get scared? No, was, oh, she got no, a, no, she got a little scared, uh, my dog Piper. Uh, oh,
0: so it's the thing of like the door closes and there's yeah. like magic, you open it yes. and it's a different door. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, it's, it's a portal. She, she, was, she
1: was definitely uncertain about that one. That's
0: good. Now your dog believes in magic. She was also
1: uncertain about your side of the, of the office, by the way. She was, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> it's where the magic happens. Yes. Um, are you ready to talk grouping? I suppose. Instead that. of dogs and various animals and advertisers? Um, it's Canada, it's Cameroon, it's New Zealand, mm-hmm. it's the Netherlands. It's, as far as I understand it, four very exciting teams. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so, do you want to get straight to it? Let's do it. Okay, let's, let's get Taylor to tell us all about Canada.
1: <laughs> I shall. Uh, the first thing I shall tell you is that they are uh, another team like the United States that does not have a nickname. Okay. Uh, but I've got one for them. It's the Weird Censuses. The Weird Censuses? Yeah, that is correct, yes. What, what's that second word? Uh Census.
0: Like, oh, you know, okay. When, when you when you
1: take a census, yeah, yeah, they're the weird censuses.
0: I'm convinced that the plural of census is not censuses. Sensei, it might be Censes. We'll go with it. We'll all go right. with it. All right. All, all right. So why why are they the weird censuses? <laughs> well, first of all, because citizens. if you look
1: at uh, Canada's population map, it's just it's just strange. It's just a strange like yes. layout of population. It's
0: a lot of concentration in cities and then spread throughout ice. There it is. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Throughout ice, um, but well, also, throughout, you know, throughout
0: like rural yeah. rural. Uh, I, I know it's yeah. okay
1: it's okay. Uh, but also because uh, for this team, their ages are slightly strange because you've basically got 14 of the 23 players are 18 to 25 and then uh, five are 30 or older. So basically only four players are between 26 and 29, which hmm. is indicative of veteran squad with lots of young players coming through yeah, yeah. but young players who have played so many times for the national team that they too are veteran status as I see, well. I see, I see, Yes because yeah. Um, yeah,
0: veteran s- status is not necessarily about age right it's yeah. about number of caps. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: Um, But unlike that census, their form is pretty consistent. Uh, They are uh, undefeated this year. Five wins, four draws, zero losses. Okay. Uh, Didn't know that. Wins over Norway, Scotland, England, and Nigeria. All Uh of whom will be World Cup bound, so that's pretty decent. Uh, Due in part to their manager, uh, Kenneth Heiner-Muller, who was appointed in December of 2018. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say due a lot to their uh, shifting formations and tactics, which uh, are very interesting, but also were the bane of my existence for three hard. hours. It was, makes it hard to research. It right? really does yeah. because usually what I'll do is, uh, you know, I'll go through, look at the formations and kind of get the approximation. Yeah. Uh, this time they had four different formations <laughs> that they yeah. sort
0: of rotated. I would argue that formations don't necessarily matter that much. No. I think it's tactics and style that matter more. Yes. Yeah?
1: I, w- I would agree with that with maybe the outlier of it matters when it comes to back three, back four. Yes. And they do yeah. both of those that's things. The,
0: that's the major difference. Right? Yes. play yeah. a and and back three sometimes? Did mm-hmm. not know
1: that. Uh, basically, here's the way it works is from, from what I understand from what I saw and kind of the data that I combined yeah. uh, it get a lot of ge- gestures just uh-huh. I'm not sure why.
0: You did your tactical synthesis. I did, exactly. Thank you
1: for using the proper terms. <laughs> uh, basically they play a 4-4-2 if they're yep. playing against a 4-4-2. Uh, they play a 4-2-3-1 if they're playing against a 4-2-3-1 oh, or a 4-3-3. They're matchy-matchy. And then they play a back three if they're playing against a back three. Okay. So it seems as though they try to match what their opponent is putting out yeah. and it seems like that works really well because it's still Canada sort of matching roughly the personnel but then backing themselves to have the talent and the ability and the kind of possession and goal-scoring rates to best their opponents in these similar setups.
0: Yeah. Okay, actually, that leads me to a question, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, How good are Canada? Very. Should I think of them as US, France, Germany, like contenders to win the World Cup? Or are they... On that slightly below next tier, where you would put maybe Australia and teams like that. Um, so in heard, between, they're, they're like one and a half tier.
1: I heard Julie Foudy. Yes, that is the answer. they're On the mezzanine. Yes, uh, Ju- <laughs> for me at least. Julie Foudy was talking about this. I think she said this is the first time in her in her memory in her lifetime that like there were six, there were more more teams than you can count on one hand who could potentially win the women's World yeah, Cup.
0: That's why it's, it's the most exciting mm. women's World Cup of all time. Yeah. I'm going to say.
1: And she had Canada in there. She also had Sweden in there. I'm going to be talking Sweden uh, on the yeah. next episode. Rupert I don't know if I would necessarily agree with her, but I would put them not in like a second tier, but – like just behind that top top tier. Yeah. That's so, where they are. So tier
0: one point five on the yes. mezzanine.
1: So yes, exactly. <laughs> and then I think you combine that with how much hype the Netherlands have been getting. I know you're going to be talking about them. I sure but They for,
0: for a long time. I'm going to warn you.
1: They are <laughs> the Women's World Cup equivalent of Belgium to the Men's World Cup, I feel oh, like where okay. it's like they're the dark horse who aren't the dark horse because yeah. everyone is talking about the that Netherlands. That
0: would be true if Belgium had won Euro twenty sixteen. Well there's
1: that too. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> uh, yes. So it feels like they're like sort of at like that number next level where they will cause problems i expect them to go uh deep in this tournament yeah but i don't know if i would put them in my like bracket of teams that I expect to win because that's pretty much the USA and France. All right. And
0: apologies for sidetracking no, that's fine. the my view. I just ge- genuinely really had that question burning mm-hmm. in my mind. Like that's how fair. good is this team? Yeah. And it oh. seems like they back themselves if they're matching formations and saying, all right, we'll go to toe we'll go toe to toe with whatever you've got exactly. bring it on.
1: Exactly. Well it's 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 that, but then it is also, yeah, like the, the depth that that uh that they bring allows for that sort of shifting approach. And the gist of it is like because I'm not like instead of going like, okay, they're gonna be in a 4-4-2 and it's gonna be this, this, and this, yeah. going to give you a few names. Uh, Ford is always going to be Christine Sinclair. She does yes. not necessarily play that for Portland. She's dropped into a more like supporting attacking midfielder oh, really? role, like second strikers uh, attacking midfield okay. for Canada. She she is the goal scorer, yeah. so she, she'll be in there. Nichelle Prince sometimes partners her, but if they go with a sole striker, Nichelle Prince is one of the wide attackers. Are you al- saying Nichelle? Uh, yes, yeah, okay. with an N. Yes, uh, she'll be on the right hand side. Janine Becky on the left. Janine Becky is not a player that I'm necessarily going to like spotlight, but I wanted to mention briefly because. Again, from what I could tell, she is the left winger. When they have a left winger, when they play with the back three, she is the right wing back. Uh, so make of that what you will. Uh, she did that uh, more than a few times. That's why I wanted to talk about it. That's what I'm going to say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and it is and it is because I think in watching her, uh, I kind of forgot that. Like, I had that as a note, and then I watched her, and I was like, man, she's really good attacking, and she's really good defensively. Now I understand why she does both.
0: And what's her name again?
1: Uh, Janine Becky. She's Jeanine a 24-year-old attacky, attacker from Man City. <laughs> Uh, Not yet. Becky's an attacky. Uh, 25 goals in 56 appearances. What I just said sounds like it should be something for New Zealand. We'll get to them later.
0: Does she have good hair? Is that who Beyonce was talking about?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Janine with the good hair? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. She could be Becky. Hey, uh-huh. Janine Becky with a good hair. Yeah. That's how she did it. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> um, but she has very good finishing ability com- combined with like uh, attacking pace and cleverness. But then also like the defensive work rate right to get back, make those tackles, cut out passes. So I think that's why you're going to see her oh, kind right. of do both of those things uh, in the midfield. You're going to have Desiree Scott, who will be the kind of holding midfielder. I've heard of her. Yes, yeah. uh, and you're going to have Jessie Fleming, who is a player that I want to talk a bit more about yeah. for a moment because she's one that we. I think when I told you that I picked Jesse Fleming... I think your response to that was, is she still 13? Because that's about when we first <laughs> so started like hearing about her. she was 16, 17 her. at the
0: 2015 World Cup when Canada mm-hmm. hosted,
1: right? Yep, yep. And she is still in college. She's at uh, UCLA, I yeah. believe. Uh, eight goals and 65 appearances for Canada. Uh, but I would argue that not having watched a lot of Canada, so Canadians out there, I apologize. And please don't come at me with your uh, syrup. Yeah. Um, but I think she is... Are we going to hear
0: about Canada probably. It's done probably. with love, right? Neighbors to the north and all
1: that. I mean... I I feel like a lot of people would enjoy Canada yeah. right now. Yes. I'm jealous of the healthcare system. <laughs> yes, the there's that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm jealous of s- several of their policies as well, uh-huh. uh, but yes, uh, I'm going to talk about Jessie Fleming though instead of uh, Canadian governmental practice. Uh, Jessie Fleming, I would say, is probably going to be more of a provider than a goal scorer. She can certainly score goals, but I think as her kind of goal, sc- goal scoring record indicates, that's not really what her game is about yeah. for Canada. It's more about distribution, spreading the ball into space, kind of alleviating pressure and. I think a big thing that I really enjoyed in watching some of the clips of her is her kind of reaction time is so quick that it feels like she's really alert to everything that's happening. So routinely, uh, we use Y-Scout to watch kind of – uh, what condensed clips of yeah. individual players? We should
0: be sponsored by Wiseguy. We really should.
1: Uh, and she was one of those players who, you know, when, whenever you see like defensive action, interception, or whatever, and they spotlight the player, yeah. routinely, she's like twenty yards away from the ball, <laughs> and then somehow closes or like steps into the right space to be there as like a, like a secondary defender to win the ball to pick the ball back up, yeah, and then she goes, and that's the other aspect is like the head on a swivel. She'll she'll has like the she has like the deft technical ability to. Uh, I saw a few different like just outside of the foot, quick little nutmegs, and then rather than sort of like, ha-ha, I've done a move. But her head is instantly out looking for passes.
0: Yeah, so the thing I really liked, I watched I, mm-hmm. fewer highlights than you, but like, I'd like to look at your players. We both do this, right? Mm-hmm. So that we have something to talk about yeah. when we talk about the key players. The thing I really liked about Jessie Fleming is I saw her take quick, clever touches out of pressure to sort of get away, but a lot of players do that just to get away. Yeah. But she's already thinking about, as well as getting out of pressure, I've spotted that run, I've spotted that space, and then yeah. she'll like, swivel and hit this like, killer through ball that you didn't see coming. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah exactly, exactly. And she does that against... Um, like stronger opposition weaker opposition alike the thing that I saw her doing a lot against stronger opposition especially the United States is essentially being like an agent of chaos Uh like even when the US would get overloads you'd see Jesse Fleming come in there and just like like poke the ball away from Julie Ertz or just make Julie Ertz think a little bit longer or just think Sam you yeah. make Sam Lewis slow down a little bit and just those little moments of her stepping in and causing problems it causes problems and it doesn't allow teams to play they want and that's a big aspect of what she brings as so, well
0: I mean I obviously heard of her as the 16 17 year old who was going to the World Cup she was kind of um, a little bit famous just mm-hmm. for being so young at that 2015 World Cup yeah. it sounds like um, I know she's still at UCLA, but it sounds like she's progressed as a player. Yes, based on her national team performances
1: or the I clips mean, that I saw. I, I would argue. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'm doing top draw with uh, Travis uh, tomorrow. I believe I can ask him about that then. See okay, what he thinks of her? Uh, he didn't. He did not focus on Jesse Fleming when we did our previews. He fl- he focused on Jordan uh, Hatema, Hatema. Yes, uh, okay. who will be like probably subbing on or maybe a secondary striker if. Uh, the two that I've already mentioned, Christine Sinclair and Nichelle Prince, cannot go. Got it. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about Christine Sinclair. shall we? key players? Uh, yes. She's she, got to be right. She is, Still. She is the keyest <laughs> of key players. Yes. 35 uh, year old captain, as I said, uh, more of an attacking midfielder for the Portland Thorns. For Canada, 181 goals, 282 appearances. Excuse me, how many
0: goals? 181,
1: 282 appearances. Uh, I think her goal is to break two. 200 and 300 in those categories respectively Has her, She I think, said that? Uh I don't know if she said
0: that but the, I think many people have speculated
1: on that. I think that would put her ahead of Abby Wambach as well okay. so that might also
0: be like a, I do think of her as the Canadian Abby Wambach. I think you should. Yeah, is that fair like playing style wise is that fair? Um, or is it reductive, I, mm, just like Star Striker, Star Striker from 2011? It's
1: well, I see. I think I would. I understand why you would say that, and I probably would have said that until I watched a bit more of her. Because yeah. when you were less learned, you would have said it. Well, no, it's just more so. Like you're not wrong in that she has a lot of those familiar qualities. Uh-huh. She is. Uh, she's physically imposing. She's yeah. excellent in the air, and she's like very good on the ball. And Strong, she kind right? of has, yeah, like the the, the decision making as well. That she kind of knows. Take a touch, hit the ball. Don't. Doesn't need to be a lot of like razzle dazzle to it. Like if you do the kind of basic things right. But I also think there's a reason why she's become more of an attacking midfielder, and it's because of her her vision and decision making. That it's and I'm not trying to be critical necessarily of Abby Wambach, but that's that's not a thing that I thought think of her as. I think of her as that kind of target striker, good in the air, good to cause problems for defenses. But I don't necessarily think of her as kind of dropping in and controlling the ball with her feet and like distributing and moving the ball and kind of taking like little touches to just, like, pull in defenders and then lay it off to somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. else, whereas that is something that Christine Sinclair is more than capable of. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I I've, I've, I've found myself, like – I think she's when you said, you said it before we started recording, but it absolutely is what I felt, which is like she's a player that I just kind of know about. She scores goals for Canada. She's very good. She's very good in the air. And I almost made that fatal mistake of like, and so that's basically what I'm going to say about her. And then yeah. watching more clips of her, you see the sort of little nuances of her game that yeah. make her the type of player who gets almost 300 appearances and scores almost 200 goals. Well, bless
0: you for doing your homework.
1: I, I try. I try, my friend. <laughs> um, a couple other names really yeah. quickly, and then I will uh, stop. Uh, getting really excited about Canada, although there are many reasons to be excited uh, about Canada. Um, I did just want to mention they're also pretty settled in terms of their defense. Uh, Alicia Chapman uh, can play both left and right back, uh, as, and then Ashley Lawrence will be the right back. And it is one of those uh, Kelly O'Hara situations in which like <laughs> Ashley Lawrence is the starting right back, but is also a left back backup for uh, Alicia Chapman.
0: I, I'm glad they're making feel for less, less alone. yes, it's it's
1: very kind of them uh, to to do just that. So I think Canada are are one of those teams, and it and it's also the case I I I like watched them and did my research for them uh, because we did the research for these next two groups kind of all at once, yeah, yeah. or over the course of like two days, basically twenty four hours, right. Yes, and it's
0: easy to like sort and of by work. whirlwind. I mean, headache from staring at a screen. Yes, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yes, with uh, I think I filled up an entire legal pad again. Like I cannot stress how much time and unnecessary effort I put into like figuring out. Okay, how often does she play at left wing versus right wing versus yeah. left back versus okay? But sometimes she's not. It's too much. It's too <laughs> much. What I will say is that Canada are a team that like because we've talked about many many good teams, and I kind of led off with my research like research with them. I was of the mind, like, yeah, they're good. Like, there you go. That's fine. They're fine. And, like, and then I moved on, and then reading more about the teams that we're going to talk about later, but then also kind of making myself go back and look at them again. When you see them with fresh eyes and kind of don't just go with that, like, oh, they're Canada, they're good, you see a lot more to them, and you realize why they should be in that maybe top tier category, but I still have them just underneath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. There we are. Is that it for Canada? I think that's about it for Canada. Do you
0: have anything to say about the domestic league, or do
1: all the players just play in the NWSL? I be- I, actually, I don't know the answer to that. I believe most of their players play in the NWSL or yeah. abroad. Uh, I didn't really look into their domestic league at all.
0: No worries.
1: (laughs) Again, spent way too much time with my various formations and uh, results that they generate.
0: Well, if you want even more information, Mm -hmm. um, you could visit today's sponsor... FBREF.com mm-hmm. stands for footballreference.com. Yep. Uh, we've definitely mentioned them before. Um, if you haven't heard them yet, um, Sports Reference is the sort of broader company. They do all kinds of other sports and they're just getting into soccer, soccer excuse me. Mm-hmm. And they are filling the database, yep. right? They are filling it with information from the past, including a lot of women's soccer stats. As the World Cup goes, uh, my understanding is the. Uh, World Cup stats will be updated really quickly mm. so you'll be able to follow the World Cup stats on fbref.com as you go mm-hmm. Taylor have you got any stats from the website that you want to share with us um, it's more a feature of the website that I okay. appreciated um, also so, so
1: I had read uh, that Christine Sinclair was more of a midfielder for Portland which surprised me I'm so- laughing
0: because my stats about Sinclair as well okay great because um, <laughs> so we both knew when this ad would be placed in the show yeah. so yeah I get it. yeah exactly exactly.
1: <laughs> um, so then and I, that is in no way the reason why I put it here uh, so then basically what you can do is you can go look at their club appearance and I went back and looked at last season since I think she's only played three games for the Thorns this year. I'm assuming that relates to World Cup preparations. Um, But once you go into there, you can look at the match report and you can see the formations of each team and kind of how they, uh, basically how they kind of lined up in that game and then the stats that correspond. So I can go back and look and see like, oh yeah, she was. She was playing behind uh, Caitlin Ford, I believe it was, and that's kind of like where she seems to be most comfortable, but that leads to more assists in that position than in other positions. So you can kind of break it down uh, that way, which makes life easier for me.
0: So you can look at where she's scoring goals and where she's getting assists. Exactly. Got Mm -hmm. it. Um, All right. So you looked at the website. Mm -hmm. I subscribe to the newsletter. You're welcome to do so as well, by the way. But I subscribe to the newsletter. That's right. I would encourage listeners to do so. It's Mm -hmm. in the nav bar when you go to fbref.com. The newsletter today, or actually over the weekend, because I think they they worked through the weekend and kept doing group uh, previews, groupie preview. um, There was a stat for Christine Sinclair. Okay. You Ready? Christine Sinclair will be playing in her fifth World Cup yep. this year, having scored at least one goal in each of the previous four. Mm-hmm. So if she scores again, she'll have scored in five consecutive World Cups. You mean when? Did you quite, mean to say when just I, then? I kind of did, yes. yeah, but I don't want to jinx it. I yeah, don't I mean, drink jinx it for Canada. Are you, yeah, you know,
1: I don't think you saying that will jinx it for Canada, short of a horrific injury, yeah. which I'm now going to knock on. <laughs> I think she'll be just fine in well, terms here's, of goal scoring.
0: Here's another stat. You mentioned earlier, what, Jordan uh, Hotema? Mm-hmm. Uh, where does she play? She's like a a sub for... Uh, Oh, she'll be a
1: forward. She'll be a forward. So she'll
0: be a sub for Christine Sinclair maybe, right? Mm -hmm. When Christine Sinclair scored um, her first ever World Cup goal, Mm -hmm. Jordan Hitema was two years old.
1: (laughs) That's absurd. Probably
0: not even old enough to comprehend watching Christine Sinclair score her first World Cup goal. Uh,
1: I would say definitely not. But then again, (laughs) our former co-host Peyton was hesitant to come watch the the Champions League final. He's a Liverpool fan because uh, he was concerned that his, I believe two and like two in months two years old in months yeah two to and change, and months, yeah, to and change uh, your old daughter might have a memory of watching the Champions League she final so, so he stayed and watched with her oh yes. that's cute though right? it is it, it kind is. of worked
0: out as well. well we'll have to I guess we'll ask her in a few years yeah exactly <laughs> and when she says no Peyton will be real mad
1: except she won't because by then she, Peyton, or Peyton will have like indoctrinated her with all of this stuff about what happened <laughs> and so she'll be able to tell us all about how like yeah Virgil van Dyke
0: was key I'm like okay <laughs> you don't remember she'll that. never walk alone uh, but not by choice exactly because <laughs> Peyton will be there giving a the Liverpool fact You could find some Liverpool stats on fbref.com. You sure could. (laughs) Thank you Mm. to fbref for sponsoring today's show.
1: I agree. I would like to make one uh, final comment about Canada and then we shall move on. Uh, Canada, I think, are going to be one of the teams that I'm most excited. They are one of the teams that I'm most excited to watch because, as I mentioned, they're going to match their group stage opponents. I think that's probably how they'll approach it but that means that they're also capable of a lot of improvisation and so I think there'll be a team that say they're struggling at halftime and then they end up winning 1-0 or 2-0 or whatever Yeah, they'll be a team that will be able to go back and look and say like okay they were in a back they're in a 4-2-3-1, they switched to a 4-4-2 at halftime and then once they got that goal they switched to a back 3 and like that made them like you'll be able to see I think a lot of variation in what they're doing which will make them a very exciting team overall.
0: Speaking of exciting teams, Mm -hmm. would you like to hear all about Cameroon? Would I? the answer is yes. <laughs> so, Cameroon—they mm-hmm. are nicknamed the Indomitable Lionesses. Mm-hmm. You could have seen that one coming. I, I, right? I, I could have ended. Yes. Everyone knows the Cameroon men's team yes. nickname because it's so great. Mm-hmm. I almost don't want to mess with it because it's so good. Um, but I'm going to call them the Hasslers. Okay, they're the Hasslers, and that's <laughs> mostly about their tactical style, mm-hmm. which we'll get to later. All right. I want to give you a bit of history first. All right. 2015 was Cameroon's first Women's World Cup. And a lot of the time you say that, and you, then it's like, and they lost all three, but mm-hmm. it was nice that they got there. Cameroon won two games in the group stage, got out of the group, got to the round of 16, lost 1-0 to China. They beat Switzerland, I think, they, yes, in the a massive upset. They did really, really well. So this is a team that already has a trip to a World Cup that went well. A lot of that team is back. Okay, um, You would have done this, I didn't do this. I didn't count the number of players on the roster, but basically... Most of the big-name starters, they're all back from 2015 and four years older. You calling me a nerd? A little bit, but in a good way. (laughs) That's fair. In a good way. That's (laughs) fair. Yeah. So uh, the thing is, as well, that team in 2015 Mm -hmm. was young-ish. A lot of players in there, like, like 20, 21, 22. That's young. So all those players are now, like, peak of their career, right? Like, mid-20s or so, with a couple of exceptions. Okay. And that's maybe a bit of the problem with Cameroon. So I'll start with sort of a negative, is that a couple of the key players are four years older – and they were already in their 30s, right. right? So the captain, uh, Christine Manier, um, she is 35 years old. She's going to win number two when mm-hmm. you see her. Um, she'll be the centre-back. And I've seen a lot of talk, essentially, from you know Cameroonian uh, women's football team fans saying, I think she might have lost it a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah, so right. just lost, it, lost a step of pace. And I, the, the footage I saw, she's a little bit standoffish in mm-hmm. a way that you don't expect defenders to be. Uh, there was a game where, t- to qualify for the World Cup, it was like the... Um, they got to the semi-final of the uh, Women's Cup of Nations, right? They lost to Nigeria because everyone loses to Nigeria. Remember from our mm-hmm. preview, they dominate the Cup of Nations. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah. Then there was a third-place playoff against Mali. Mm-hmm. They go 2 0 up, but then they concede two, and a couple, on both the goals. Oh, yeah, yeah, you sent me the highlight of this one. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, so both the goals—they're not Manier's fault, right? She's not like done; it, she hasn't done anything wrong but she's also just kind of passive in the play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I think there's that thing of what the, per- the, the play that used to be an indomitable center back mm-hmm. is now maybe just sort of, she's still experienced, still like wears the armband, still the leader, but is maybe just not as aggra- aggressive, not as involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. A- is that
1: the case for, th- there's a striker that I was reading about. Uh,
0: g- yes. Um, I'm going to have to scroll down my notes to find I- her I- name. I'll do
1: my best. Uh, Gail uh, Enganamoit, something like that. Enganamoit? Sure, why not? Uh, but she's. she's oh, one no, who, she's
0: not older. She's just injured.
1: There, there it is. Yes. But I think she's one who sort of like broke through in the last iteration of the tournament. Yeah, it's called a hat trick. Exactly. Yeah. But then since then has had, I think, yeah, like injuries. Uh, multiple injuries yeah. and is like no longer in that form, but is in this squad, right? So I guess Absolutely, my, my yeah. question then is do you feel like this is a case of maybe like sticking with the ones that got you there last time because hopefully it happens again? Or do you think maybe this is more so an insight into the sort of lack of player depth? when it comes to the Cameroon national team?
0: I think a little bit of both because the the team was kind of inactive for a Mm -hmm. couple of years here and there. So there's not a lot of time to like, experiment with new players. That makes sense. Right? So, yeah. And then the pool is only so deep. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's this group of players. But in a way, that's not a bad thing because they're all experienced and yeah. they all know each other um, and they, they all keep playing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, okay, so the interesting thing is uh, that there's, there's another defender. Um, her name is um, Arielle Awana. Um, I think could have played for France. She plays for Dijon um, um, over, in, over in France. Um, she's also a talented defender. So she maybe balances out the, the problem, which may be a problem, with Christine Manier. But they went and added an extra defender anyway, an American. Yeah. You know about this? Uh, yes. So this, I do. This, this will give some Americans a rooting interest in Cameroon. Um, Estelle Johnson, American dad, Malian mom, so no actual Cameroonian heritage. Interesting. Born in Cameroon. Ah. Her dad was in the Peace Corps, so he was around Africa a lot for a, a many, 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 many years, mm-hmm. right? So, but Estelle Johnson claims that she saw Cameroon play 2015 World Cup and was kind of like, I like this team, Mm -hmm. I'd love to get involved, right? Never called up by the U.S. Women's National Team. I think fairly, like maybe, it's a high standard, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very, very high standard to get called up to the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, They made contact with her like a year or two ago and the paperwork finally went through. She has one cap. She's played one game.
1: Oh, so she's like just come in. (laughs) Just come in, Estelle
0: Johnson. And then the interesting thing to me is then, does Estelle Johnson displace Manier, the captain? Probably not, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the leader of the team that will cause all kinds of trouble. Does she displace the other center back who I mentioned, who is, you know, sort of uh, a talented player herself, Awana? Mm-hmm. How do they do this? Or do they get Estelle Johnson to go through all that paperwork and then she doesn't even play? I'm going
1: to guess she plays. It's a
0: conundrum, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, sort of, but yeah. I'm going to guess she plays. One
0: thing I also suggest is, is maybe that Iwana goes to right back mm-hmm. and they just shift her out there. Yeah. And then they, they all get to play. So you, right. that's, that's a Everybody's happy. So I wanted to just, you know, like raise uh-huh. that so people could look at that. None of those are my key players, but I think it's interesting what's going to happen in Cameroon's defense. yeah I did watch some Estelle Johnson footage. Uh, she's played for Sky Blue this season. Um, loves a slide tackle, right. which is both positive in terms of it looks great every time you do it. But we also know it's a negative because it means usually you're slide tackling when you've got yourself into a desperate situation.
1: Or if you know that you're going to play for a national team that uh, some would nickname the Hasslers, yeah, right? then I think it makes sense. You want to be you want to slide tackle as much as you can to. Uh, keep yourself in consideration
0: (laughs) Um, I've also uh, held off talking tactics I wanted to talk Estelle Johnson first because someone asked Estelle Johnson what's it like playing for this Cameroon team Mm -hmm. and she gave a really great quote she said it's a lot of hard work that's what she said about Cameroon's style of play a lot of physicality and a lot of high speed stuff a lot of counter attacks attacks, and athleticism Right. accurate. <laughs> I watched them play. That's why they're called <laughs> That's why they're called mm-hmm. the Hasslers. Yeah. Uh, worth mentioning there was a change in coach. Um, Alan Jumfa is the current coach. It's took over in January 2019. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find out why Joseph Ndoko, the guy who got them you know, to the World Cup, was fired. Um, but he seems all I know is he's playing the same formation as Ndoko was at four 3 three. And this team really worked as a counter-attacking, uh, pressing counter-attacking mm-hmm. team. He'd be crazy if he switched it up. So I'm going to assume that they're going to play the same style. I might be wrong, but I'm like 80% confident yeah. that they get, they're going to stick with it. So here's why they're the hasslers. They don't necessarily press high, right? They don't go chasing you at the field. They do the sort of you know, 10, 15 yards over the halfway line is a line of confrontation. But what they do then is squeeze. Like if the ball's on... Uh, like Cameroon's right and the opponent has it, the left side of Cameroon will squeeze over. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you've got a, a pride, <laughs> a pride of players. Um, and they're then they're all ready to really work hard. A just, pride of hasslers. Just a pride of hasslers mm-hmm. to really work hard and just win that ball back. Right? right. So it it's really effective because eventually the ball pops loose. And then when it does... That's my question. They really do have pace on the counter mm-hmm. with two really impressive wingers. All right. Um, so they're but sort of my... those be your key players? Um, they're going to be one of my joint key players okay. so I don't want it to be all about their wingers. Is that fair? <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so your key players on the wing If are, there's a loophole
1: out there, Daryl Grove
0: will find it. Yeah. I'm, when it comes to our previews, at least. I'm right in it. You follow the rules on everything else, but when it comes to
1: previews... There's a little bit of a. I've got I've got six predictions. I know we said we'd each do one.
0: <laughs> I've ridden my bike through some stop signs. Uh, okay, so I don't believe you <laughs> on, the, on the wings. You've you've driven past me as I'm doing it and yelled at me. Did I? You yelled a rolling stop is not a stop, sir. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> and it was Taylor. Do you remember that?
1: No, but that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> um,
0: okay, the wingers to look out for um, on Cameroon. Uh-huh. Number three. Which is a kind of confusing number for a winger, right? Um, Enjoya, Ajara and Shu is her name. I think she'll have Ajara on her jersey, but she'll wear number three and play on the wing, so you'll you'll be able to spot her,
1: right? How much of your previewing was spent properly pronouncing French? Because that was that was phenomenal, my friend. It,
0: it was just confident. It was probably inaccurate.
1: I mean, I, I thought it was good.
0: No, I, I think thought it was good. Fake it till you make it mm-hmm. is, my, is my approach. <laughs> so Ajara, uh-huh. number three, fast. Yep. she really is fast and dribbly, and she wants to run at you. Maybe a little too much. She'll kind of, like, push and run if she has to. Um, She can cut this way and that, this way and that. And it sounds frustrating to have a player that always dribbles. But if that's the style, press and counter, like, what else is she going to do, right? So, uh, Ajara, I think on the right wing, you'll see her, like, dribbling at speed down that wing. If not her, and it's the other side, I think uh, Gabriella Anghini, Mm -hmm. uh, number seven, Really similar type of player, yep. which sounds really reductive, but I have watched a lot of footage of both players. They really are similar. They mm-hmm. both are like really like dangerously quick in a way that scares fullbacks, and they're both looking to run at you and get in behind you on the counter. Yeah. the one thing is Ongene prefers the right wing as well they both prefer the right wing but I think Ongene is prepared to play left wing mm-hmm. so you'll probably see Ajara number three on the right and Ongene number seven on the left and just be prepared for them to be unleashed on the counter attack mm-hmm.
1: and, and I would say uh, I think I did see her playing uh, Gabriella Ongini on yeah, on yeah. uh, I think I saw her playing at left wing for her club uh, yeah. so that's why I would say there that like I totally agree with everything you've just said about her but she also is a good example because I couldn't quite figure out like the best way that I wanted to try to explain her yeah. and what I would say is we get the question a lot about like what's the difference between pace and quickness and speed Yeah, I would say she's very quick and she's a good like example of quickness what is the difference I again I, I still couldn't really tell you other than that like I don't like from what I saw of her it didn't stand out as like oh like in open in the open field like nobody can catch her she's so fast it's more of just like She'll get around a defender and then she's gone. Like it's it's that ability yeah. to just accelerate away when you, in tight when you, spaces. When you
0: make a little bit of space and mm-hmm. then you know that's my that's the moment to yeah. accelerate because that's the opportunity to get away from the exactly. defender. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's that sharpness that that yeah. stood out to me.
0: The other thing to really know about them is even though they both play on the wing, mm-hmm. um, they have also both played uh, striker uh, for their clubs. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of essentially wide attackers as opposed to wingers. So you'll see them dribble in field a lot and kind of go for goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not okay. a lot of crossing. It's a lot of like dribble in. Dribble in and uh, get at goal. That sounds about right. Yeah. And waiting in the middle will be uh, Gael um, mm-hmm. um She's the player that you mentioned yeah. scored a hat-trick in the previous World Cup. Um, she was kind of, you know, the, the star. And people maybe, if you're somebody who's like, really familiar with women's soccer, then you'll maybe be expecting her to do the same thing again. And apparently she's just not quite the same player mm-hmm. after a lot of knee injuries. One thing she does have is a willingness to take surprise shots from distance. All right. So look out for that. And that's from watching a lot of highlights. She really does take people by surprise because it's, it's like a moment when you wouldn't expect anyone to be shooting from distance and then bang, top corner.
1: Oh, that's okay. That was going to be my question.
0: Is, is it bang, top corner? or oh, is yeah, it It's not over the distance? Buttons. No, it's, okay. it's on target, which is what makes it really interesting. Okay. okay. Um, you asked earlier about sort of an older striker. I think mm-hmm. you, you meant her but didn't mean her, right?
1: Yeah, yes, yes. Well, she was She was one who I had sort of read as being, like, still in the squad, had a breakout tournament, but maybe hasn't had the kind of, like, the ascent that maybe was expected, uh, to the extent that I believe, I, I looked at their roster just now, I think she's unattached currently, which is not necessarily the strongest. Right, players. I mean,
0: there's the idea of, like, playing for a contract, right? Yes. She might be playing to catch the eye, but it depends how well these mm-hmm. work, right? Yeah. <laughs> the player I was, uh, thought you might have been thinking of, it's uh, similar to um, the centre-back, Ménier, um, there's a striker who is 35 years old. Her name is Madeline N'Gono Mani. Mm-hmm. Um, she's tiny, but a, an absolute poacher. She scored about 40 goals for mm-hmm. Cameroon. She's Cameroon's all-time leading scorer. She's on the roster again, but not expected to start. But if Cameroon are down, you may see that they... They Why are you just waving your laptop around? What's because happening here? I, I just pulled the roster up, up on okay. my, my laptop to make sure I got her name. Uh, did you not know where to put it? <laughs> no. I didn't have the angle <laughs> to put it down. Uh, and if Cameroon get in trouble like I just did with my laptop, yeah. you'll see them... <laughs> Bring Manny off the bench, maybe for the last 20 minutes or mm-hmm. so, and expect her to be sort of poaching around for yeah. Goals. yeah, I've only given you theoretically one key player, and I've talked about three or four players. That's fair. Right? That's,
1: I would expect nothing less. All
0: right, well, I'll, I'll try and keep this a little shorter then. The the other player who I think is really important, especially to the, the counter-attack, right, mm-hmm. the sort of uh, count, uh, press and then counter, is number eight, the defensive midfielder, Raisa Fugio. Mm-hmm. Raisa Fugio. First of all, it's a great name. It's a solid um, name. It's spelled like feud, like family feud. Uh, J-I-O, Fugio. Sound accurate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll see her playing number eight defensive midfielder. She is a disruptor and a distributor. So when they're doing this, Cameroon are doing this sort of swarm pride press. She's often the one to win the ball or receive the ball, and then she very calmly will sort of, you know, shake loose of whoever's around her, and then she's playing not necessarily like big through balls, mm-hmm. but more like line split and passes. So she might be the one that gets it out wide uh, to the two wingers we talked about earlier. So okay. yeah, uh, Reisa Fugio will be the number eight and the defensive midfielder to watch um, in terms of uh, winning the ball back and starting the counter attack.
1: All right. I know we don't do this very much in terms of who we think is going to win the group or anything like that. But what what are your expectations for them given that it's going to be a strong Canada, it's probably going to be a strong uh, Netherlands team, should be a strong New Zealand team as well?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe they're in – it's New Zealand and Cameroon competing for third place. Okay. Yeah? Right. And it's very possible that either of them could take it. That sounds about right yeah. to me. All yeah. Right. There we so are. So they've got a good chance of going through, but they've also got a good chance of playing really well and not going through, which is, I think, also true for New Zealand. Okay. Although you know more about uh, the football fans well, than, we,
1: than I do. Well, Although we, I do know they did name There the you family. go. <laughs> uh, well, we shall soon find out, unless you yeah. have anything else to say uh, with just, Cameroon.
0: Just a quick mention on the domestic league, which mm-hmm. I think we always like to talk right, about. Right. The um, the Championnat de Football Feminine Elite One um, is a semi-professional mm-hmm. domestic league um, in Cameroon. A few of the players on this roster play in the Cameroonian league, but a lot of the players end up in France because of the common language, Mm. right? It's an easy transition for Cameroonian players to go and play um, in the professional French league. Make a bit more money, um, higher profile, but an easy transition. It's also worth just, the reason I want to mention that is it's worth keeping in mind that Cameroon coming and playing in France, they will at least feel a little bit at home. Oh yeah. Because the language will be the same. That'll work. Which might also be true for a handful of Canadian players. Uh, Yes. Any of the Quebeci Canadian players? Quebecois. I do do not
1: know. I do not know. know. I'm I'm sure they will let us know. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So that's all I have to say about Cameroon. Turns out it was a lot.
1: There we go. Uh, (laughs) Well, we still have uh, two teams to get to in this group, but first we should talk about today's sponsor, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy.
0: I mean, that's perfect while the World Cup is going on, right? It is. Yeah. That's a
1: good point. I didn't think about that uh-huh. because I have found myself. Games all
0: day. Games all day. Yeah.
1: And also like doing this research, it's been a little bit like I would like to not just eat a vat of pasta, uh, but I don't necessarily have time to like do all the prep, do all the grocery shopping. My wife is prepping for the bar, so she also doesn't have the time, Yeah, uh, which is where Hello Fresh comes in because it makes all that stuff very easy. It's all delivered to your door. You don't even have to think. You don't even have to make a grocery list and nobody wants to make a grocery list.
0: And you said earlier, maybe I'm not always the best at following instructions. Uh-huh. I do follow instructions. When it comes to HelloFresh, because they have the six step pictured recipe Mm -hmm. cards. I think pictures help me follow it. Essentially, right. I'm a simple man, and pictures help me. <laughs> and I'm assuming
1: that, like, with the schedule that we're going to have this summer, both with the Women's World Cup and then with a lot of oh, the other tournaments, Women's World
0: Cup in the day, Gold Cup at night. Yeah, but yes. you'll
1: have but you'll have like breaks in between games. So that's when
0: you watch Copa America and African Cup of Nations. Well,
1: but th- also that's when you make your <laughs> meal because all meals come together in about 30 minutes max. Call for uh, fewer than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup, so you can sort of watch a game, make your meal, and then eat your meal while you watch the next game.
0: All right, there are also three plans to choose from the classic the veggie or the family mm-hmm. and once you've signed up you can switch between them uh, whenever you like so if you sort of decide you're vegetarian one month um you start a family the next month you can switch back and forth <laughs>
1: Is that how that works? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> yes, so uh, the family dinners, uh, as you just noted there, are fuss-free. Uh, so basically they're picky eater, kid-tested, and approved family plan recipes. So you don't have to worry <laughs> about that either. You can get your kids fed in between games.
0: Um, and if you would like to try HelloFresh, mm-hmm. you can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh if you go to this URL, hellofresh.com slash T-S-S-80. That's the letters T-S-S, the numbers eight zero, And enter promo code T-S-S-80.
1: Mm-hmm. One, more, one more time, that's HelloFresh.com slash TSS80 uh, and enter the promo code TSS80. Should
0: we put the link in the show notes I just s- in case people I can't remember that? I
1: suppose we should. I suppose. Uh, while we do that, we'll also say thank you very much to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode. Now, let's talk New Zealand. Let's the football do it. ferns, as you said, although I am giving them a nickname, the Bureaucracy Slayers. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> You're, You're new welcome.
0: getting better and
1: better. Oh, buckle up. Why are they the Bureaucracy Slayers? We still have slayers? Group F to come. Um, because of the controversy that played out uh, over the the course of
0: 2018. Ooh, and then Let me just rub my hands together. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna, t- I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take you on a bit of a journey. Give this, me some controversy. This could go for a while. Yes.
0: <clears throat> all right. It, it's why I didn't comment. cleared you your throat. Yeah. You it's why I didn't comment throat. when
1: you were like, I'm going for a while in Cameroon, and I was like, Haha, buckle up. Um, all right. <laughs> so basically, uh, New Zealand uh, appointed Austrian manager Andreas Heraf in 2017, August of 2017. They appointed him as their technical director, the national te- technical director, in August of 2017, he immediately implements his chip and star tactics, is what Excuse he called me? them. It's uh, bunker and kick the ball long. It's long ball. Chip and star? That's what he calls it, yes. Uh, but the, That's, it. That's some fancy rebranding. It is. The more. It's fancy rebranding. It's let Frank Lutz branding. It's also distressing <laughs> branding, <laughs> okay. um, because he implements this across all national age groups. Now, n- now New Zealand, uh, they implemented a kind of build-out-of-the-back possession-oriented national game plan in 2011 that a lot of players have credited with helping kind of grow the game, make New Zealand play more attractive soccer, which keeps people wanting to play (laughs) and get involved.
0: Make the game not hideous to watch. Exactly.
1: So that already is an issue. Then, in December of 2017, he becomes the manager of the national team. So now, technical director and manager... As uh, some Americans might recall, uh, that's not necessarily the best uh, <laughs> kind of order because yeah, if yeah. you want to complain about the manager to the technical director, uh, well, then you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of becomes an issue uh, because basically he takes over in December 2017. They have some training camps. They go on tour. I think one tour in Thailand, one tour in Spain. Uh, I think unbeknownst to like a lot of the public. <laughs>
0: the, the long ball tour. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. Well, we'll get to that one. Uh, cause it's kind of a thing. Uh, but basically, I think, uh, there was at least one player who wanted to go public, who who like filed a letter of complaint saying that basically the training camps are unprofessional, that they weren't being conducted in a professional manner, that there was it was a very like toxic environment going on in the team. Do we
0: know who that one player is?
1: We do. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I oh you
0: you're building suspense.
1: I am indeed yeah. uh, because, uh, yeah, Chris because that letter we'll get back to. Okay. Uh, because we're gonna move to June of twenty eighteen, in early June, New Zealand lose at home 3-1 uh, to Japan. Okay. And Heroff afterwards is kind of asked by this report Porter, you know, like, why did you set up so defensively? They basically played ultra-defensively and still lost. And he said, like, well, what do you want me to do? We'd we'd be destroyed by Japan if we tried to play any sort of attacking soccer. We'd lose 8-0. And basically, kind of condemned the entire nation of New Zealand as, like, we're never going to be able to compete with them. They're on a much different level. This is at a time when Japan were ranked number 11, New Zealand were ranked number 20. So it's not as though they were, like, this kind of, like, no way, have no history in playing soccer. They have a strong history of playing attacking, vibrant soccer. Yeah, At least that's, I think, the kind of Argument that a lot of New Zealand fans would go with. Got it. Um, So, this is where I'd like to talk about. Abby Erseg uh, for a moment Abby Erseg is my key player that I want to spotlight Yeah. for two reasons the first is certainly like what she does on the field she's a 29 year old center back a veteran 135 appearances she was the NWSL defender of the year in 2018 uh, she's won two different championships one with Western New York one with uh, North Carolina Courage in 2018 Okay. she is also retired from the national team twice first time was uh, in a dispute with New Zealand she cited a lack of support I, I believe for the development of girls soccer at youth level uh-huh. uh, she retired She comes out of retirement. She's kind of brought out of retirement. And then she starts playing for Andreas Heroff,
0: who's ultra-defensive, and she... Retires again. Uh, the irony is, I watched some mm-hmm. clips of Isig, and she's really good at long balls. She, yes, right? she, she really is. Which is long it's telling, right? It yeah. suited her.
1: She didn't want to play it. Um, now she, I believe, it, like if you go with the reporting that I've seen, is essentially the one that wanted to go public about her complaints okay. with Heraf. And, I, and she, she's
0: important, right? I imagine she's like a, an important yes, she carries some sway
1: exactly, yeah. and as a veteran figure in the team. Basically she there's a New Zealand publication called Stuff not the magazine here in the US but there's a, a publication yeah. called Stuff stuff.co.nz There you go Yeah you're familiar, and well, uh, they might call yeah. It. yeah, and basically she kind of contacted them saying, "I would like to go public about some of my concerns with the state of the national team." They basically told the New Zealand Federation, "Hey, this is like this person's going to go on record." Uh, they wanted comment, I think, and basically then Abby um, Abby Erceg was told by the New Zealand Players Association, "Like just a reminder that if you bring the game into disrepute in the country, you'll be fined and you could be- face suspension." So basically, that was them saying, "You're not like do not go public." Uh, Ersek instead retires, doesn't talk about why she retires. Then comes this game against Japan where they go ultra-defensive, and she talks. <laughs> she has some things to say. She basically publicly criticized the team and the, uh, and the quality of the team afterwards, saying uh, as to why she retired, quote, I couldn't stand to wear that fern on my chest anymore when his vision was to cower in a corner and not get beat too much. Uh, she kind of went on to say, like, that's not what I've worked for my entire career. So that's the start of it, what I would kind of dub a player revolt. Uh, Katie I Duncan. Love it. I who. Love it. Uh, is another veteran player, 122 cap- uh, uh, career appearances. She calls for Heraf to step down. Uh, she, uh, her quote was, the decision to park the bus was a load of crap, not good enough, and not the Kiwi way. 12 players uh, uh, for the national team, I'm assuming those two players included, uh, basically submit letters of complaint to the New Zealand Federation uh, and say, we're not playing for them again.
0: So this is the, it was that um, Japan result, mm-hmm. an approach to the, the game, that made I assume the players' association is basically the players, right? Yes. So it made enough of those players flip mm-hmm. to support Erség as opposed to thinking let's stay the course with uh, this long ball dude.
1: Yes, publicly, Johnny Longballs. More on that to come. Okay. Because uh, so these twelve players basically <laughs> it's be say... A long <laughs> episode, it is it. these twelve players uh, say they file these letters of complaint. They say we're not playing for the for the team again uh, as long as he's the coach. Okay. Which I have to say is like it, it's an um, incredibly courageous thing to do in my opinion yeah. because this is 2018. It's the lead up to a World Cup. If New Zealand calls their bluff, then these players miss out on a World Cup. And mm-hmm. this is similar to some of the other and teams. And a lot of money, I would
0: imagine. I can't yes. I imagine it's similar to the U.S. situation mm. where you make a lot more money playing for the national team than anything else. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. And it's also for a lot of these players. Uh, Rosie White talked about this that, like. Rosie this is, White. Are we going
0: to talk about Rosie White? We like sure that? are. Okay.
1: We sure are. Eventually. Sorry. I know I'm going long, That's but. That's I know. I'm into it. I'm into all it. All right. But she, but she talked about how, like, you know, this is for a lot of them. And I think the new current coach, Tom Sermani, said, like, this could be your last chance to play in a major tournament, like, for, for this group of players. All the veteran and experienced players are the ones who kind of filed these letters of complaint. Um, in response, Herf is suspended in June, steps down in July. Uh, his, his explanation was that the players couldn't handle his European tactics. They just wanted to have fun and like, post on social tactics. media. That's what he said. Worth noting that I believe he had only coached at like m- uh, the men's side and Austrian like youth national teams. That's it. No <laughs> women's experience, no senior national team experience. Then comes... He's like
0: the worst version of what Phil Neville could have been for England.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Which is not necessarily... They don't mention Phil Neville, but the idea of hiring like foreign men to come in and coach the women's team comes into play because basically the players still refuse to play until there's an independent review into New Zealand football. There is a lawyer who conducts the review... Uh, she notes, amongst many other things, there is no diversity policy in place, no women in senior roles, a boys' club mentality uh, that tolerates inappropriate behavior. She also verified player accounts of bullying and harassment by Andreas Andres Heraf. She, like One of her findings was that the players were legitimately offended, humiliated, and intimidated in practice. Basically, there's allegations that like he harassed these players, abused these players, and that's part of the reason why those letters of complaint were filed. So it's this weird— He's
0: not a confidence builder. No,
1: it's not. But it's also this conundrum where the New Zealand Federation was like, oh, oh, they don't like the style of play, they don't like the tactics, like, whatever, this isn't a big deal. And so that's kind of the way it was publicly, is that these players are mad because they don't oh, like the style. But that's
0: just the tip of the iceberg And then it the comes crew. out
1: that there's been this, like, toxic atmosphere, and it goes back to those letters of complaint that were filed in March that were shelved. They didn't make them public, the New Zealand Federation didn't deal with them, and that's another issue, is now basically they it feels a little bit like they kind of cover, covered it up and publicly misled about what the actual issues were at play. Um, since then, uh, Chief Executive Andy Martin has retired. So the Chief Executive of New Zealand Football has okay. retired.
0: This goes beyond that coach. It goes beyond yes. Johnny Longballs. Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> beyond Johnny Longballs, yes. Austrian Johnny Longballs. Uh, uh, so instead, in comes Tom sermani uh, Tom Cermani, yes, former U.S. coach. Exactly. Briefly. And Orlando City as well, yes. And he has been, by all accounts, I guess like a studying hand. I think yeah. players are enjoying playing for him. Uh, all of the players who I talked about having retired or, or protesting have come back into the fold. Is
0: he Australian?
1: Uh, Scottish. Sure. I oh, think, is he? Okay. I, I think he's Scottish. I might be wrong on that one. Maybe he's Australian, but I don't know if the Kiwis would hire an Aussie. <laughs> I'm sure they would. Um, but, yeah, so it's basically the summary of all that is that the football ferns battled a system of institutionalized like, cronyism and harassment and yeah. more or less won. Yes. Um, and so, People power. Yeah, but I, I, what I want to reiterate that like it's the kind of veteran – players in that squad that did that and that is kind of what I want to go back to spotlighting is that the veterans in this team are the ones who kind of take the stands lead the team and like keep them on the right track
0: okay top Mm -hmm. somebody Born in Scotland, yeah, is Scottish, but has worked in Australian football a lot. Yeah, okay, so he's yeah. Scottish.
1: <laughs> um, yes, and that's why I want to talk about some of the veterans. Yeah, I've already talked about uh, Abby Ursig again, the 29-year-old centre back. And, and she's and
0: she's in now, right? She's going to play.
1: She is yeah. in now, and as you said, she can play a long ball. Like I mean, that's, <laughs> the, that's irony. the irony. That's the thing that's that's pretty amazing. Is that it kind of did suit her style, but I think it was just more of like that long ball was a just always hoof it long yeah. and less of a possess, 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 and then kind of look for those vulnerabilities and exploit them with the long ball Mm -hmm. because that's what I would say she does. It's a lot of, like, step tackles, not a lot of slide tackles. She pokes the ball away and immediately looks to kind of launch – Counterattacks, not just, like, aimless balls uh, up top for one person standing there and hoping for some sort of uh, thing to happen. Got it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, did you get to look at Abby Ersig as well?
0: Uh, yeah, So mm-hmm. I also saw a lot of um, um, headed wins on corners. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. good at attacking the ball on corners, like
1: Virgil yep. Van Dyke. Yeah. So, yeah, I think she's going to, like, police that defense, but then also her long ball ability does make them a threat on counterattacks pretty yeah. consistently because she's kind of always looking for that. But then, you know, can just do the defensive job that you want. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about another veteran. For them, uh, Hannah Wilkinson, yes. which is the other player I'd like to spotlight, she of her own <laughs> individual journey. Uh, 27-year-old Ford, 25 goals for New Zealand, formerly of the Tennessee Volunteers, she had an, a, like an elongated career there because she tore her ACL. Uh, that was in 2015. She then re-tore her ACL in October of 2018. October of 2018. Wait,
0: that's quite recent. It is very
1: recent. She's back? She is back. Uh, wow. she is, they've very much been managing her minutes. Yeah. So she's been getting like a half here, a half there. But she is back in and I think will probably end up starting. Her, na- she, her name again? Um, her name is Hannah Wilkinson. Hannah Wilkinson. Uh, she's 5'9", very good in the air and can crack
0: a volley from distance. She looks taller when I saw her. She's she, just like, Right? She got spring. 5'9 yes. like is pretty tall. 5'9 is like the height of Hope Solo. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Or Alyssa Naya. Yeah. But so... But it's not. But like, she looks. She
1: looks taller though. I'm, I'm like, with you. I think it yeah. might be like the top ponytail that makes the hair go up, that makes <laughs> yeah, her look yeah. e- even even bigger. But yes, she is. She's a, a like an aerial threat, but then also can sort of have those predatory strikes yeah. that you would expect uh, from a, a goal scorer. If she can't go, or if she doesn't go the full game, then it will either pro- be uh, Sarah Gregorius, uh, who played Great against name. the U.S. recently. It's a cracking name. <laughs> it is. Uh, she has 34 goals. Or. Uh, maybe it will be Rosie White. Rosie, Rosie White. White might go up top. Uh, when I, What I have seen uh, sometimes it goes up top, sometimes is a number 10, sometimes is a wide attacker. That's what she was for New Zealand when they played uh, against the United States recently. Mm-hmm. She's a 25-year-old attacker, 24 goals, um, most recently with the Chicago Red Stars. Yeah. She is one of several players on this New Zealand roster who I think, if you look, have unattached uh, next to them in oh. terms of their club career. Hello. But I think it's because the... Australian season has ended because there's. I think she's one of those players who oh, kind of jumps went, back and forth. Yeah,
0: W League and NWSL. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. So those that league is over. Rather than immediately go sign with an NWSL team, I think a lot of those players are focusing on the World Cup. Then yeah. afterwards, will look to their kind of club careers.
0: Okay, do you want if we explain our Rosie White connection? No, please so go. Ahead. When we did our, our summer mm-hmm. tour uh, with the Cooligans, uh, what J- uh, July 2018? Yeah, we did an event in Chicago, and one of our guests on stage. Was Rosie White? Yep, and she was brilliant. She was real funny. She was really funny on stage. She was excellent. Uh, do yeah. you remember
1: her not remembering the the two Chicago fire players? Yes, <laughs> that was
0: outstanding. She asked Daniel Johnson, "Who are you again?" Yes, exactly. <laughs> So brutal. You so yeah. brutal. But, but with, she was funny. She I had some say, solid yeah. burns. Yeah. She had some solid burns, yeah. New Zealand is a nation of comedy, right? Taika <laughs> TT. It really is. Fight the Concords and all that. But that's more like friendly comedy. Yeah. She was more a service. She had some zingers. She <laughs> yeah. had some zingers, which is is
1: fitting because uh, she's a very good uh, attacker. She's very good on the ball. She can score goals. But she is tough. And that's the other thing I want to talk about. She had uh, double foot surgery. She had double fractures in her feet. And I watched a video of her uh, – you can find it via her Instagram. And it's it's very moving because it's a good reminder that for a lot of the women that we've been talking about, like this is not a they're on a million dollars a year or $20 million a year or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It, it's very much like I my career might be over because I've got a foot injury and that's mm-hmm. where she was, that two, double foot surgery – Maybe meant that that was the end of her career. I think she was kind of resigned to that being the case, but here she is potentially starting in a World Cup. But she's also tough because she can handle the challenge. Lindsey Horan flattened her in that U.S. game, like two minutes in, and I was bummed because I remember same thing you're talking about, being like, "Oh, Rosie White!" Like, yeah, she was on stage, she's yeah. awesome, and then she got crushed by Horan, and I thought, "Well, that might be the end of Rosie White's night." Instead, she plays the entire game. Yeah, uh, she gets back up. I think maybe had a sprained jaw, is what it looked like, but she handles it. But I also want to use her performance in that game to talk a bit about what New Zealand do. Okay. Uh, because in that not, U.S. game... Let me
0: guess, not long balls. Uh,
1: not so much. They will on occasion <laughs> if the situation is... Not, especially if they're playing against a team like the United States. Yeah. Uh, in that game, which they lost 5-0, it seems like, oh, okay, they got crushed by the U.S. 5-0. That's not very good, and that's the truth on paper. In reality, it's a team that I think m- a lot of their players, most of their players, had not had arrived not very long before that game from New Zealand, and are now playing... That's quite far. It, yeah, and keep in mind, seasonal flip, that it's... Pretty cold in New Zealand, or certainly not nearly as warm as it is in the U.S. So to arrive, jet lag, heat... They they played very well and frustrated the United States for the first like 35 minutes. Then the U.S. score on a great goal, great ball by Megan Rapinoe, and it kind of goes from there. Yeah. But those first 30 they should minutes, have
0: just cowered in the corner. Exactly, <laughs> that, that would have done it.
1: That would have done it. Exactly. It's against their nature. It's against their Kiwi nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is, I think, those first 30 minutes are what you'll see them do against the stronger teams in this group. Certainly, which is basically setting out in kind of a four two three one. They're another one that has a, a lot of variety to what they do, but essentially it's a four two three one. But they sit. Back And it's almost a 4-5-1 uh, defensively, except it's not just five across the line. In that game, at least, it was Rosie White who did a lot of stepping out to kind of bridge the gap and look to cause problems to the U.S. before they engaged that first line of, like, five defenders. Got it. But she was also the one who routinely was looking to spring the counter attack. Mm. That if anything looked like there was going to be an interception, if it looked like it was going to be on, you would see her kind of moving ahead very quickly to try to get that ball. So, again, she may be doing that from the right-hand side or, or maybe doing it centrally. But I think that's what you'll see from New Zealand is sort of sitting back a little bit to frustrate the opponent, but then looking to break quickly on the counter through, like, individual combinations, not necessarily just, like, sit back, hoof it long, and hope something happens. Yeah, It, it felt very much more so, like, there are like uh, practiced patterns for how you break on the counter to exploit vulnerabilities.
0: So this is going to be interesting then. Yeah. So Just to give you a very brief preview of Netherlands, mm-hmm. they're going to be a very attacking team. Yeah. Canada will be an attacking team, but you've got Cameroon and uh, yeah. New Zealand are counter-attacking teams. Yes. So we can assume Cameroon and New mm-hmm. Zealand will counter-attack against yeah. the other two, the big teams, Canada mm-hmm. and Netherlands. The interesting thing will be when Cameroon yep. and uh, New, New Zealand, Zealand yeah. clash, they can't both counterattack, They right? cannot. So that'll be the really interesting game to see how that plays out. Yes,
1: it will. Yeah. Yes, it will. I mean, and, and I'm excited to watch New Zealand because, like, you can't go through what they went through for the reasons they did. not. Like, obviously, the harassment and intimidation that's a separate issue, I guess. What I mean more so is that you can't talk about like, oh, you, like this isn't the way we want to play. We don't want to play defensive and then come out and play defensive. So I feel like you're going to see them almost because they fought so hard to prove that that's not who they are. You're going to see them fight that much harder, I think, to not just be a long ball merchant sort yeah, of team. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, and one more player who I'd like to spotlight. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we'll move on. Uh, I know, I've, I've only talked a little bit about New Zealand. That's fine. Uh, is uh, Rhea Percival, who's a 29-year-old uh, center midfielder. Kind of a right back for West Ham is what okay. she ends up playing. I think for New Zealand, she'll be more of like a holding midfielder, certainly in the midfield. Uh, she's,
0: she's reversed Tyler Adams. Yes, exactly. That's
1: <laughs> well said. Uh, 141 appearances, uh, safe to assume that she was also one of those veteran players who protested. Yeah. Um, but she, I think, is going to be like sort of the the one who clogs at the midfield, helps organize, helps kind of put out some of those very threatening attacks, but then is Excellent with her crossing ability and again with her kind of uh, splitting the lines, her vision to spot like opportunities that are developing. I think she'll be very key in launching some of those counter attacks as well. And her name again? Uh, Rhea Percival.
0: Rhea Percival. Mm All right. What do we know about New Zealand domestic soccer?
1: Uh, It is somewhat limited. You have the Lotto Sport Italia NRFL Premier League, I believe is what it is. It's a semi professional league. Some of these players do play in New Zealand, many more so are playing in Australia. Australia, oh, and then playing course. in NWSL, and you really do have a lot the of... W var-
0: League's probably the draw, right? Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. And then you've got a lot of variation, some in Germany, some in France, some in England, some in Sweden, uh, a, a big spread to this roster, but they all come back to represent the ferns. Yeah, <laughs> to the put the fern on the
0: chest. The football fern. Uh-huh. Rosie White has one on her, what, a uh, chin or her ankle? That would make sense. Do you sense? remember her saying, let me show you how proud I am of New Zealand? Oh, <laughs> like, oh that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So Just know when you see it that that is down there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and
1: uh, apologies to the many, many other uh, capable and talented New Zealand players, but the... <laughs> the... You.
0: you love the New Zealand team so much you, you're apologizing for the players oh, you didn't mention. Well,
1: it's just more so because I spent so much time reading. Like, I read that entire independent report last yeah, night because yeah. I was so fascinated by like, Okay, what is, how did this happen? Why did that happen? It was it was it was intriguing, Daryl. It was intriguing.
0: So we still have the Netherlands to go, mm-hmm. who I would argue are the most exciting team in this group. So do not switch off. Don't change the channel. But did they murder bureaucracy? <laughs> That's my question, and the answer is no. Don't change the channel because we'll be back after this ad break to talk <laughs> Netherlands. Today's show, no flippin', as Larry Sanders used to say. Today's show is sponsored by hymns mm-hmm. a wellness brand for men um, you've heard us talk about hymns and how they're helping guys look their best if you haven't yet it's time to see what they're all about mm-hmm. that's because I believe what's the percentage 66% of men
1: 66% of men mm, uh, lose the hair by the age of 35 start to lose the hair by the age start 35. to lose it no it's yeah. all gone that's it you turn 35
0: gone <laughs> you wake up one morning
1: it's very strange happy
0: birthday also we have some news
1: it's the tooth fairy's <laughs> evil cousin she comes in she <laughs> shaves your head and that's it that's all you have <laughs> the tooth fairy mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what you should not do is believe that. What you <laughs> should do is do your own research and that's where hymns comes into the equation because their solutions to hair loss are backed by science. Uh, as they would tell you, uh, when you start to notice the hair loss, it's already too late. So you want to take advantage as quickly as you can. Basically, mm-hmm. if you notice there used to be a hair there and there's no hair there anymore, that hair might not come back. But the hairs that are around him who are still there fighting for dear life, you can help them fight, Daryl. You you them fight. You
0: refer, refer to every hair follicle as an individual Hims.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't I know guess, how that works. I guess that's why it's called Hymns. Yeah,
0: they. It could
1: be a they. That's <laughs> fine. They are fighting for their lives. So
0: HIMSS mm-hmm. was created by a guy who knows that uh, some men's health conversations mm-hmm. are easier online than in person. Yes. And we know that men are not comfortable talking about their health um, mm-hmm. in, in any aspect. <laughs> One of the great things about hims is they're no more uh, sort of awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. You connect to real doctors online and that can save you hours and, most importantly, money. How does it save you money, Mr. Groff? Well, if you would like to get started Mm -hmm. with the Hymns Complete Hair Kit... Just five dollars today, right now, while supplies last, and subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. What is the URL title that people would need to go to to get the hymns Complete Hair Kit for just five dollars? Uh, it is forhims.com dot
1: slash total soccer. It is forhims. dot slash total soccer. F O R right. H I M S. dot com slash total soccer. Do you spell total soccer? Do you think we're okay?
0: I think people can do it. T-O T A
1: L S O C C E R. Done.
0: We'll put the link in the show notes just in. That makes sense. Case.
1: Thank you very much to Forhims for sponsoring today's episode. Mr. Grove,
0: you teased it. Let's talk the Dutch. Oh, it's Netherlands time. Mm-hmm. It's Netherlands time. Voice I'm gonna say from the top, maybe the most exciting team in the whole tournament. So so I have heard yep. uh, here's the thing.
1: I have I, I promise this is legitimate. Aside from the players that you told me about, I have refrained from reading about the Netherlands or like watching the Netherlands because okay. all I saw was headlines saying they're the most exciting, they're going to be so great, they're going to yeah. be so wonderful. And I didn't want to spoil it. I want to know, Daryl, why just, are they so excited? They're
0: just super attacking. All right. Yeah, okay. They are called, cool. mm-hmm. the nickname is Leeuwinnen. Can you guess what that means? I cannot. Lionesses. Okay. Picture the, uh, the, Dutch, the Dutch badge. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So yes. the lionesses, similar to England. Mm-hmm. They should be the trident. Oh, boy. Because they have a deadly three-pronged attack.
1: It, it is. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I, I, first of all, is it a 4-3-3? I want it to be a 4-3-3.
0: It's a Dutch 4-3-3. Yes. yes. Love it. That's yeah. what I wanted. You no, know it's That's what I wanted. I'm so happy. Yeah, if it's not 4-3-3, it's, it's not Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, is that their
1: version of a and a Scottish? It's crap? Yeah. All right, perfect.
0: <laughs> so the, the three-pronged attack I talked about, it's the front three, right? It's two wingers and yes. a striker. It is Leek Martens on mm-hmm. the left. It is Shanice van der Sanden on the right. And Vivian Miedema. Miedema, excuse me, Miedema, mm-hmm. in the middle, the centre forward. Those are my three key players because um, I can't leave any of them out. So this is the one where I'm kind of cheating and I'm going to give you three players. All right. But I want to come back to them later because I want to talk about them each sort of in a little bit of detail, mm-hmm. if that's OK with you. But just a quick reminder, it's Lika Mertens, Shanice van der Sanden and Vivienne Miedema. Um, OK, I want to talk about what makes this Dutch team... So great, okay. I want to hear about what um, makes this Dutch team so great. It's a big moment for this Dutch team. Mm-hmm. So um, this the, the Dutch came into the 2015 Women's World Cup tipped to do big things, right? And to maybe earn a seat at the big table. <laughs> you know what I mean? Become mm-hmm. one of the elite teams. Instead, they finished third in the group, and then they lost to Japan in the round of 16. And everyone was like, oh, maybe they're not so good. Maybe yeah. they're not so good, yeah. right? Then they hosted Euro 2017, and won it, and won it convincingly, playing some beautiful 4-3-3 attacking soccer. And everyone was like, oh, maybe this Dutch team's actually pretty
1: good. I hear there are no more doors at the Dutch stadiums because they were blown off by this. <laughs> yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 2019 mm-hmm. is the real chance for sort of these players to show that Dutch women's soccer is up there with France mm-hmm. and Germany and these sort of other um, elite women's soccer teams, right? This is, they want to show that they're for real. Um, they come into this on a good run, right? They had a rough if you look at Algarve Cup, you know they do the Algarve mm-hmm. Cup results. Not so good, but they're experimenting with players. Yeah. When they went back to the four three three and the trident, let's experiment with the players, but you know the Trident's gonna start, yeah. right? Um their most recent results since April, um they beat Mexico two nil, Chile seven nil And then Australia Mm 3-0. That's the hot form they're coming into the World Cup with. That's a decent uh, rate of return there. Especially beating Australia 3-0. That one I think is interesting. You previewed Australia Mm -hmm. and talked about how open they are. And that makes them really exciting. So imagine that game. That was an open, exciting game between two attacking teams. Uh And the Netherlands came out on top 3-0. Sounds like one of them was slightly too open. Yes. Yes indeed. I um, mean, I'm going to guess made all the more open by the trident. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> um, I also I watched that game. It was in the Netherlands, so mm-hmm. you know, there's there's that as well. They were at home. They have in the crowd someone playing um some sort of trumpet mm-hmm. or something. And they just play various tunes throughout the uh-huh. throughout the game and it makes the atmosphere really lively. I wouldn't be surprised. Netherlands is close enough to France that they get enough traveling fans that you'll hear trumpets when the Netherlands play. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they're so good that maybe you'll just hear them in your head. Love the Dutch. <laughs> So they are coached by Serena Wiegmann. Serena Wiegmann, former Dutch international. She took over in uh, 2016, and she plays a Dutch 4-3-3. That's what i hear. Sometimes it's kind of like a 4-2-3-1. Cause there's a I won't n- hear of it. There's a number 10 uh, uh, van der Dank who mm-hmm. kind of drifts forward a little bit, but it's still basically a 4-3-3, but yeah. the, the middle three is like a 10 and two sixes. Okay. You get it? Um, so it's a 4-3-3. That's, so it's that's a, all I want. It's a 4-3-3. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is their pressing. Mm-hmm. It's not always like all-out aggressive press, but it's a very... Um, Force you kind of Mm -hmm. press. As in, like, one player will press to direct the opponent to pass the ball this way, and then another Dutch player. We'll be waiting to pounce on it, right? It's kind of a very organized press of like, we force you to go where we want you to go, and eventually we box you into a corner, and then we get the ball back, and then you're in all kinds of trouble.
1: Intentionally or unintentionally, I feel like you're doing a good job of sort of working in the lion, like metaphors and analogies here and there. Whether or not you mean to, it's Completely well done. Completely
0: unintentional. They pounce. They, they pounce on do, loose balls. They do pounce they pin on loose balls. you it. in, and, and then they, they pounce balls. on you. Well, here's the interesting thing the front mm. three I mentioned, again, their names are uh, Lika Martin, Shanice mm. van der Sanden, uh, Vivian uh, Miedema. Mm. I'll be talking about their attacking like styles later on they're all pretty quick especially the two wide players and that also helps with pressing because they're quick to close but Mm -hmm. they're very smart about doing it directionally. Shanice van der Sanden is unfairly fast is is what I have written down. That's true right they absolutely um, are unfairly fast and again before I get to that front Mm -hmm. three that I'm excited to talk about a very important player is Daniela van der Donk Mm -hmm. she's the number 10. First of all she's a cheat She's absolutely a cheat because I think she's got glue yep. on her cleats. Okay. When she brings the ball down... Oh, okay. Not what I sticks, thought you meant, but it sure. It sticks to her foot, right? <laughs> she's a beautiful player to watch in that sense. She brings the ball down. It is so smooth and uh, like uh, classy. But she also organizes the press. That's the, the really impressive thing. You can see her literally directing traffic in mm-hmm. terms of where she wants her teammates to go, like pointing, like you there, you there, you there. And she makes the press happen while wearing the number 10. So she's not even like a luxury number 10. She's leading the press number 10, which I think is... Uh, is really exciting. And I, I feel
1: like your, your traffic conductor needs to be wearing a bright orange vest. She's already got She's that already too. Got <laughs> there we go.
0: She's got that. Down, mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. In terms of style of play, uh, two fast wingers that we'll, that we'll talk about um, and a lot of possession. I feel like you're teasing this a lot. <laughs> well, they're, basically, they're so important to how the team plays. I can yeah. either have led with like long descriptions of yeah, them yeah. or I can set up the tactical stuff. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do. Set that table. Set that table. So in the 4 two really fast wingers, but they're very good at sort of um, dragging to pull the team out, sort of Berhalter-ish, right? I mean, is very influenced by the Dutch because he played there. This is a very Dutch style, right? Mm-hmm. It's about um, unbalancing the opposition, drawing them out with some... Possess- they play out of the back, they pass out of the back, possession soccer, possession soccer, possession soccer, <laughs> until you've like uh, drawn the team out of position a little bit and then they hit you down the wing to one of these pacey wingers. But they don't do it until the moment is right. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets... Or they press and win the ball back and then hit you down the wing with those wingers. And then it's even worse because you're sort of all stretched out. Now do we get to talk about those wingers? One more player first. One more player first. There is um, a centre-back who Mm -hmm. is uh, key to a lot of this because sometimes they will also possess the ball but then just hit sort of a random long ball to the wingers. Her name is Dominique Bloodworth. And it's such a great... Almost Games of Thrones or... Games of Thrones? Ha- Game of Thrones. I know what you House or, Bloodworth definitely or, sounds like a thing. Or Harry Potter-ish name, right? Dominique Bloodworth. Um, good defender, that's just a, in the that's normal... A, that's a Slytherin name, right she, there. She's probably a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Uh, defender style. But she can hit great, great, not even long balls, but long diagonal passes, mm-hmm. essentially. So look out for Dominique Bloodworth uh, coming out of the back.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm, now I'm looking at all the other Dutch names and assigning them different...
0: Uh, <laughs> different houses. Different houses, yes. <laughs> which, which house would you put Shanice van der Sanden in? Because that's the first key player we're going to talk about. I mean, it's 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 the ruthless pace combined with like the
1: ruthlessness of the attacking. I feel like again, that's got to be Slytherin. <laughs>
0: You're in the morning Smith. I think
1: I might be. I might be. I might be. So Shanice
0: van der Sanden uh-huh. is 26 years old, right winger, plays for Lyon. Yep. I could end it right there. Morning you know, sign number one. Then you know she's good. Yes. <laughs> how
1: do they have all these players? I don't, don't get know.
0: it. Because they also have what Delphine Cascarino plays mm-hmm. right wing as well. I don't know how do they share minutes. Maybe they do. Um, Shanice van der Sanden on the right wing, as you said unfairly fast yep. she's also just a sort of character right yep. she is full of verve she is the only player that I know of in this tournament who's going to be wearing red lipstick okay yeah most players as I understand oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. yeah, most players don't wear lipstick because yep. it's just not helpful during the game yep. right but Shanice van der Sanden um, I, saw, I saw a video with Megan Rapino and the first thing she mentioned is oh Shanice van der Sanden mm-hmm. she stands out because of the red lipstick yep. right and then she's got dyed her hair platinum she just really pops on the screen yep. and so you already pay attention to her mm-hmm. And then she gets the ball. What she loves to do is go to the outside. So right-footed, on the right wing. She will almost always go to the outside, get to the end line. Um, we will talking about the difference earlier between quickness uh, yeah. what, quickness and pace. Yeah. She does that thing where she looks like she's in top gear because you're like, oh, she's real quick, and the defender's running backwards. But then she'll do a move or just open up a bit of space and then she hits the nitros and then she gets to the end line and zips the ball across. That's the part that I don't fully understand
1: the physics of. Because I, I yeah. agree with everything you've just said that it's like top top speed, but then another top speed on top to get to the end line. But then I don't know if it's her center of gravity or if it's the way that she's practiced like putting the balls in, but she she doesn't really you don't see her ever have that like, oh, I dribbled out of bounds, or like, oh, I couldn't get to it on the end, and like I whiffed on the cross and put it directly out of bounds the way you might if you have a player running at full speed. Yeah. She always somehow manages to get like her hips around it, so that ball comes like firing into the box and just creates absolute chaos. I saw Mm -hmm. that routinely, Uh, and I've seen it when she's played uh, in in the past,
0: when we've watched her play. It's pretty ridiculous and pretty good. You know the Wolves player, Adama Traore? Mm -hmm. Most people remember him from the Premier League. He very often goes past people because he's lightning quick Mm -hmm. as well, but he will do that thing where he's trying to cross at pace, and then it's not that accurate. If I could get Adama Traore to watch one player and say, is it possible for you to do what she does? It, w- it would be van der Sanden. Mm-hmm. I would really ask him to watch Shanice van der Sanden and say, can you do what she does? Because that ability to cross at pace or like play balls in at pace is absolutely killer.
1: Can we talk about her uh, opposite wing partner?
0: Yes. Uh, oh, one final thing on van der Sanden. Mm-hmm. The other thing she'll do is when her opposite wing partner is crossing from the left, van der Sanden will crash the far post. Mm-hmm. A lot of headers at the far yep. post for van der Sanden. So she'll score a lot of those as well. Double threat. All at right. least, probably more than a double threat. <laughs> um, on the left... Lika Martins, mm-hmm. Lika Martins. Euro 2017, when they won it, she was the best player. Like literally, she was voted best player of the tournament. She was also the FIFA Player of the Year in 2017. I'm going to say
1: she was also the most fouled player at that tournament. Yes, I do not know that at all. I have not seen any of the statistics, but I've watched her play. It feels right. Yeah, yeah. I have her as the sc- the scourge of Bayern Munich because uh, <laughs> in the in the clips that I saw from that game, she was just constantly getting like cleared yep. out because she manages to get behind defenders so consistently.
0: Here's the scary thing, then equally fast. Yeah, to Van der Sanden. But she's on the left and she's right footed, so it's a different style, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of going to the outside to then like zip some crosses in, she's more likely to cut inside on her right foot and go at people and maybe dribble into the box. It's a different kind of threat. I don't. Capable of going outside, mm -hmm. but very capable of coming inside on that right foot as well. I
1: I don't don't mean this in terms of like the footedness or anything, or necessarily even the pace, but she reminded me a lot of Megan Rapino, actually. That's interesting. Like like she she can. use a little bit of speed. She can play those balls in, certainly. But I also saw her do exactly what you just said. Like there's there's cutbacks and then there's like like cutting inside and dribbling inside and looking for like little incisive passes that aren't necessarily like get to the end line and crossing it. Yeah. And a lot of that, like she can do that, don't get me wrong. But it just reminded me more of Megan Rapino, where she seems to be always looking for different avenues of attack rather than just like get yes. to the end line, cross, beat the player with pace, cross.
0: She's another one who um, literally says, my favorite player is Ronaldinho. Mm-hmm. That's who I like to play like. Yeah. And right-footed on the left wing dribbling into the box she's got a few like hip swivel moves Mm -hmm. and more than a few tricks and like spins and turns Mm -hmm. like much more so than van der Sanden who's more about the uh, like just find space and go Um, Leek Mertens will like Pull off a few more tricks, a yeah. little more flashy. Yeah.
1: And I also have, I'm not going to make the noise because I don't like the noise, but I'm going to say her delivery is chef's kiss. Uh, it is, right? It's real,
0: real good. Her crosses, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: absolutely. The other thing I enjoyed about this, as I said, I like kind of avoided reading too much about uh, the Dutch national team, but I enjoyed when you sent the list of players, you sent them in the order you did, that it was Shanice van Desenden first, Leek Martin's second, and I was like, all right, so one side and on the other side, both very fast, both with excellent delivery. I'm going to assume the third player is a very good like, central striker. And you did not disappoint. She did not disappoint. Mm-hmm.
0: Vivian Miedema. Mm-hmm. Vivian Miedema, only 22 years old. Yep. She's already scored 58 goals in 75 appearances for the Netherlands. That'll work. Fifty-five, series 58 in 75.
1: Mm-hmm. She plays for Arsenal. I love that she plays for Arsenal because it feels only right that Arsenal have a silky Dutch goal scorer <laughs> <laughs> playing up top for them. They need that at all times. And it
0: is now that it is maybe worth noting mm-hmm. that I think I mentioned uh, when we were talking about Nikita Paris on the, uh, the England preview show, mm-hmm. I think I suggested or straight up said that Man City won the Premier League last year. I think sorry, I said that too. Man City did win the Premier League. That Man City won the Women's Super League. Ah. <laughs> um, they did not. They won the FA Cup and the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Arsenal Won the Women's Super League last year, so apologies to um, Arsenal Ladies fans. Uh, just a mistake on my part. Straight up, got my research wrong. Apology not accepted yeah. on their behalf. It was Pep, it was Pep talking about their treble. Yes, yeah, his uh, fault through me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Arsenal won the WSL last year, and uh, Midamar was the Women's Player of the Year, mm-hmm. voted for by the PFA, the Professional Football Association. Scored thirty-one goals in that title-winning campaign, and and has that like. That quality of never looking
1: particularly bothered, like it just always is. Like, yeah, I'll just score. So here's why
0: why I think this is really, really important. Uh She is calm and steady and composed. But you think about if you're a defender, think about what's happening outside of her, right? Mm -hmm. You've got wingers probably on a counter attack or in like a hole they've opened up through unpositioning you. pulling you out of position yeah. you've got breakneck pace wingers getting to the end line zipping really fast balls in it is an absolute panic in there mm-hmm. and then you've got midama who's in there and she really does sometimes just find a bit of space receive the ball take a touch and and knock it in she's like the only calm person in the box as these balls are being zipped in it is the perfect combination of like Pace and quickness, and everything's happening all at once, to someone who can almost like see the matrix and slow it all down. It, I think I've said. must m- see the matrix. I'm calling it.
1: I, I like that one. I, like, <laughs> I, I think I've used this before. It's, it's probably an apocryphal quote, but it's like the old quote about the U.S. military, which is like the, the U.S. Army is so effective in battle because war is chaos, and the U.S. and like the American Army practices chaos on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's that's the Dutch attack right there. Is like. It, it just feels like it's this frenetic, oh, like, everyone's running as hard as they can, and there's so much crossing, and there's so much shooting. But it's like, yeah, if, if you're conditioned to that, then you just kind of operate within that.
0: Yes, and you'll see it just take a little couple of small touches, mm-hmm. just to open up a bit of space and score. And my favorite thing, the thing that makes her look more composed than anything, is I've nev- I've watched a lot of uh, meet and My Goals. Mm-hmm. I have never seen her run in Celebration. I've only seen her do a very slow jog in celebration. Exactly. Do uh, you that too? <laughs> or,
1: or, or, or like she'll hug the person who is most close to her, whether yeah. or not they were actually involved it's in the play. Almost
0: like she doesn't care.
1: I think it's or just like I don't really want to run much more. I, I already ran so much on this attack that I will just stand here and hug whome- whomever is around. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's yes, she is smooth on the ball. She's got like pinpoint finishing. She never seems particularly concerned about like the angles. She always manages to find the she right can hit angle. it from pretty yep. a pretty acute mm. angle, right? Yeah. I have. Her is the perfect exclamation point uh, to the other two players we've already talked yes, about. Yes,
0: it's a perfect combination, right? Yep. My, the thing I'm really interested in, like, given her like slow jog celebration, if she scores at a World Cup, like mm-hmm. maybe she breaks out into a sprint or like a half jog or at 60% pace, like yeah, nah, nah. I'll be I'll be I really hope she scores. I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident she will score. I want to see her first celebration All to right. see if she like cuz it's the World Cup just goes the extra acceleration or if she's just still slow jog hug someone Let's get back into another one. <laughs> back to the halfway line, everybody. Yeah. This is as usual, indeed. <laughs> one final thing: I mean, uh-huh. uh, she can also come deep and connect play. Yeah, when the Netherlands mm-hmm. are doing that sort of slower builder, yeah. and that is part again. It's a bearhaltery thing, right? Again, he stole it from the Dutch. <laughs> I was, was, was
1: going to say, he I don't think she it. stole it from yeah. Berhalter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> (laughs) She will come deep, and that's part of like maybe pulling the Mm striker out, and then there's a sorry, pulling the centre back with her, and then there's a gap between the other centre back and the full back, and that's one of those places where the ball can be played through for the two wingers, uh, Martins and Van der Sanden, to run onto.
1: So you're saying they're good?
0: I'm saying they're good. I'm nah. saying they're dangerous. I think they'll score a lot of goals, and they'll be fun to watch doing it. The only small downside is they are determined to play out of the back to begin with, possession style, and sometimes they get caught out. So I think that's the opportunity for someone is to press them playing out of the back. Maybe you can win the ball and go at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a good group. Yeah, it is, right? Group E looks-, looks really good. Oh, a little bit on the domestic league. Bring in the heat. Um, th- there's a really interesting thing with the Dutch domestic league. There used to be a Benet league. Can mm-hmm. you guess what that is? Nope. Belgium and Netherlands okay. um had a joint league I think to get professional women's soccer going they said let's like you know unite Uh, Voltron it and we'll form we'll form a combined don't tell Luxembourg don't tell (laughs) Luxembourg we don't want them dragging us down Mm. that was abandoned uh, in around 2014 when they started disagreeing about who should keep the most money ah yeah so now there is an Eredivisie vrouwen, which has nine teams no second tier no promotion relegation and it's mostly affiliated with the big teams Mm. Ajax, PSV, Twente those men's teams have women's teams that play in the Eredivisie vrouwen. No Feyenoord as yet. Step it up, Feyenoord. Yeah, uh, get it together, Feyenoord. Uh, but tellingly, only six players on this roster play domestically in the Netherlands. Five for Ajax, mm-hmm. one for Twente. You can see how that is going. But all the recognizable names. I want to say everyone we've talked about today plays in like Germany, France, Spain, England. Plays yep. in uh, one of those uh, bigger European professional leagues. It's what,
1: Lyon, Barcelona and Arsenal, right? For the three yes. we just talked about. Oh started. yeah, I yep. didn't
0: mention that Lika Martin plays for Barcelona. Mm. Yeah, Barcelona. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. That is my preview of the Netherlands. I am really excited to watch them play.
1: As am I. Yeah. As am I. I'm also really excited to do our final group preview. Okay. we got some more teams in there.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll take a little break uh, and then do that. There so, will be no breaks. But it'll come out today, right? Group E will be published today. Group F will also be published Let's just, let's just do today. it right now. Let's
1: just roll into it. We don't even need to cut. We'll do Group E and F together.
0: We will not. So I will say, Taylor Rockwell. If you called
1: my bluff, I would have panicked.
0: Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Right back at you, buddy. Listeners, if you've enjoyed these Women's World Cup previews, please share them with someone else who you think would appreciate them. You could share the URL, totalsockershowcom slash WWC, totalsoccer.com slash WWC. You'll find all our previews like contained on one page. So you can listen through all of them. Thank you as ever for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon.